0: Welcome to weight loss for small animal vets podcast. I am Nadina Kojokaru, DVM and certified life and weight coach. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode two of the podcast. Food prison break. The overdesire. Thank you for being here with me. This is the space where we use brain science or mind surgery, biology, and coaching to help small animal vets to permanently stop the emotional eating and create the life they dreamed about. I would like to ask you to share this podcast with all your small animal veterinarian friends or with all the people you think will benefit from it. And to take some time to rate it and write a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate your help. Thank you. So, now back to the podcast. I want to share during these podcast some parts of my life story and how my relationship with food and my weight changed through my life. Why? I want to help you see that permanent weight loss is possible even for you. I am born and raised in communist Romania and moved to Sweden when I was 35 years old to work as a small animal vet. The communism ended in December 1999 through a cruel and bloody revolution, and I was almost 14 years old then. By that point in my life, I've just tasted a couple of peanuts. I mean a couple, like in two of them. (laughs) It was, or still is, a custom in Romania to give your school colleagues candies or homemade cookies on your birthday and one of my colleagues brought us peanuts in shells. Her father was a sailor who worked abroad, so he was allowed to bring some import things home and to legally possess them. Which was not the case with the vast majority of the population. Those two were the only peanuts I ate by January-February 1990. I was a skinny kid by that point. I was extremely picky with my food. I hated veggies, if they were not potatoes, and I used to pick up small dices of carrots from the soups. I felt engrossed by the veggies. Suddenly, after the communism fell, which coincided with my transition to puberty, teenage years and high school, I started to gain weight and all the foods that were previously inaccessible or forbidden for me were easily available some examples people peanuts 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 a lot of peanuts bread and sugar were not rationalized anymore guys crackers oh my god crackers cheese cheesy crackers milk cornflakes m&ms chocolate Good tasty chocolate, hot chocolate, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Tang, orange juice, mirinda, 7-Up, some baked cookies by my mom with real butter and vanilla and real whipped cream and homemade chocolate. And oh my god, my story with golden rye bananas. I ate golden rye bananas for the first time after Ceaușescu got executed or killed and left both Romanians and this planet for good. I did taste bananas before. My dad had to bribe some dudes and brought us bananas, but they were green and unripe and uneatable. We had to wrap them in newspapers and put them on top of the cupboards to ripe. It took several days and they became black, not golden. And we've thrown away a lot of them because we were so impatient to eat or taste them that we didn't believe our mom when she told us that they were not ready yet. (laughs) So from 20 green unripe bananas we ate maybe six black bananas that tasted somehow similar to ripe bananas. So the Romanian democracy brought us food freedom as well, but I just got bigger and bigger. I was already told that you are big, beware of that, because I am 175, 5 feet 9, and I was usually the tallest in my class all the time. My family genetics and the freedom to legally possess and eat all the foods that I liked resulted in me getting more and more overweight. There was suddenly no one to put your dad in jail if they found out that you have food in your fridge. No militia to pop up by your door to search for illegally obtained foods. I transitioned from a severely restrictive food regime into the abundance of foods that I liked. And I think I was skinny-ish until then because the foods I loved were not available, or not so easily available, or legally available. I started to fear the worst, because I witnessed throughout my childhood how my older brother got bullied or mocked because he was overweight. And everybody in my family or friend circles were so obsessed in assessing your body size or to point out that you actually gained some weight. We just love those people, don't we? I was so embarrassed by how much I could eat without being able to stop. It was so delicious and I felt so out of control salty crackers chocolate bananas fried potatoes baked things all of them salty or sweet who cared home baked cakes and pies with real butter and sugar and honey and everything bread bagels sesame bagels poppy seeds bagels all the things Everything. I've realized quickly that even if I was free, I had to put myself back in prison. In the food prison. And my dieting career started when I was 17 years old. I've tried everything humanly possible to try, except surgery. I think I can get a freaking PhD in dieting. I've tried the diets and I couldn't understand why I was so out of control. I've studied myself and my eating habits as I was a zoo animal. I was relentless and it felt like crap, because I couldn't stand a chance with my genetics, the restrictions I was exposed to, and my human brain performing perfectly in the abundance of delicious foods available in post-communist Romania. The food prison break didn't involve complicated tattooed maps on my body. It happened for me when I understood how my mind worked. If there is something I am passionate about is to let all my small animal vets to know that we are not stupid and lazy if we can't stop eating some foods. So. Why are we so damn overweight and feel so damn out of control? Because 1. The foods we currently eat are designed to create physical and emotional addictions. They create kicks of dopamine that overload the pleasure receptors in our brain. They create overdesire or unnatural desire. And 2. The normal human brains seek pleasure and avoid pain. It was what evolved us as a species until now. The problem is that the pleasure provided by current foods or foods promoted by the industry is creating down-regulation of the dopamine receptors in our brains. That means we need more of the dopamine-inducing substance to create the same amount of pleasure response in the brain. It's the same with the drug addicts who need more and more drugs to feel the same effect because of the downregulation of the brain receptors. To give you a specific example, some wild blueberries won't induce the same pleasure in our brains as a custom-made chemical flavor with a shit ton of sugar added to it as in blueberry-flavoured ice cream, jams, chewing gums, and so on. Added sugar increase the dopamine spikes in our brains. And the dopamine receptors get hide inside of the cells to protect our brains. But we like that dopamine kick, and the primitive brain wants more from that substance. Seeking pleasure kept us alive. So we increasingly trained our brains to dislike natural tastes and we think that is how we are created. And that we don't like veggies, we don't like plain foods. And I can hear you, Nadina, I love food. And yes, (laughs) I love it too, as I mentioned thoroughly before. (laughs) (laughs) Our primitive brains, the ones responsible for our survival, have not evolved at all since the reptiles. That's why they are called reptilian brains. I might call mine the lizard brain or the fiery freaking dragon sometimes. (laughs) So, what kept us alive until now... The primal survival instincts and the evolutional triad, which is seek pleasure, avoid pain and be efficient, is what is killing us now and what increased the percentage of the population who suffers from metabolic syndrome, diabetes and so on. What to do with the overdesire for food? how to organize the food prism break. I would invite you to join my Weight Loss for Small Animal Veterinarians program, and I will be your personal guide through this process. No tattoos involved. But for now, I want to offer you that it's possible to retrain our brains to start loving foods that help us feel great and lose weight. Remember when I mentioned how engrossed I was about eating vegetables? If you are following me on Facebook or Instagram, on Vetcoach International, you see what I eat. A shit ton of veggies, eggs, meat, beans, cheese, some healthy fats. Replay here. Yeah, I said a shit ton of veggies. And I am not bored and I love my food. How the heck did this happen? Loving some foods is a combination between an in-learned behavior and brain chemistry. And that is awesome news because one, this means we are not stupid folks. And two, this means it can be modified. I will offer you some examples to realize what I am talking about. And if you are food sensitive, you might skip listening to this part. <laughs> I love eating some types of foods because I was born and raised in a family where the belief was to eat all the parts of an animal. Nothing was a waste. So, yeah. We eat the heads, the eyes, the brains, the tongues, the lungs, the livers, the kidneys, the feet of the animal we consume. You've got the idea. (laughs) And yep, it was a feast when my dad, also a vet, came home with two 10 liters big buckets with testicles. After castration campaign in pigs, bulls or lambs. Yeah, we ate those too. In some cultures, this is totally understandable. In Sweden, where I currently live, is a totally different story. (laughs) And my colleagues at work think this is the grossest thing they've ever experienced or heard in their entire lives. For me, it would be gross to eat insects or maggots or worms. Or, by the way, the surströmming, the stinking putrid Swedish fish that some Swedes eat. But I know for sure that if I had been born and raised in a different society, I probably would have eaten maggots and insects or putrid fish. Who knows? It's so easy to lose and maintain your weight when you learn how to love the food that helps you be healthy, satiated, and at your natural weight. And of course, it's easy to lose and maintain your natural healthy weight when foods that make you fat are indifferent for you. Remember the chair analogy that I made in the first episode of the podcast. Imagine that for me, seeing a chocolate glazed cupcake or a fresh home-baked pie is like looking at a chair. I can easily go in a bakery and not be bothered by the smells in there. I can buy things for other people and not thinking twice about eating them myself. I changed the way I think about the foods that keep me fat and mess up with my brain. So those foods became unimportant for me. My food And the way I eat is delicious for me. And it's fulfilling its purpose. To fuel my body in the best way possible. To make me feel great. That is the real food prison break. Diets and restrictions won't last. The overdesire for food will break the chains eventually. If we just use willpower to control the overdesire... It will feel like holding a big beach ball under the water. It will eventually break free with a splash. So the solution is to understand that as with any ill learned behavior, we can unlearn it. The first and the most important step is to accept that we are not broken. We are not useless. We just respond to some chemicals in our brains perfectly and normally. It was the same with my example from episode 1. Just because the body decided to attach the pancreas to the uterus doesn't mean that we have to leave it like this, adherent and connected. We can deconstruct the synapses between enjoying only the foods that make us fat. The first step is to become open and curious about exploring new thoughts or beliefs about the foods that help us lose and maintain our weight. The second step is to be willing to experience an urge or a craving and not to eat the foods that cause them. The more urges or cravings we experience without responding to them, the more synapses we deconstruct. Being a small animal veterinarian, you'll understand the exact mechanism for it. It's the same brain pattern that Pavlov used to condition the dogs to salivate when the bell rang and then to deconstruct or to decondition the salivation from the sound of the bell. How did they do the deconstruction? They rang the bell, and the food was not provided anymore, again and again. The magic is that by doing this process, more and more dopamine receptors will resurface from the brain cells, and steadily will discover the pleasure in wild sour berries and in whole amazing vegetables or plain steak or beans or eggs. And the urges will become more and more unimportant, and less and less intense. And the biggest win from all this process, who might seem complicated and hard, is to discover that we are able to deal with any unpleasant emotion, and not eat because of it. Permanent weight loss and escaping the food prison is available for you as well. If you want my help to start losing weight permanently, send me a comment on social media or on my website and we get to chat together. I can coach you in English, Swedish or Romanian. My webpage is vetcoachinternational.com. You can also follow me on Facebook or Instagram. I'll put the links in the show notes. I will also put a link if you want to grab my free quick start guide to weight loss for small animal veterinarians. If you have questions about the podcast or if you want to share your opinion about future subjects in Weight Loss for Small Animal Vets podcast, send me an email to info at vetcoachinternational.com. That was all I had for you, my friends. Lots of love to all of you. Bye.